1: Andrew John inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba
0: will score. Newcastle have won. But it will get a score. Big Lab, score. It was huge. And then I think that Sharks, you know, I don't think they handle it really well, kind of navigated their way out of it because they had such a good signing. And then they ended up signing really good players. But when you look back on hindsight, the fact that they didn't make the finals, you could argue that the the John Morris sack, sensationally being sacked by the Sharks uh, probably hurt them more than it should have. And probably ended up being, uh, they ended up paying the price of mismanaging the way they got rid of John Morris now again I'm not uh I'm not saying that it was a bad call to sign another coach but the sacking of John Morris I do feel it was handled poorly by the Sharks what what do you, now that all the dust has settled you know looking past the fact that they did end up signing really good players and Craig Fitzgibbon uh ended up signing with them the fact of the matter is they missed the finals whereas under John Morris they didn't what, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I thought the sacking was an absolute shit fight. Um, there's only half the teams that make the finals every year. John Morris made it two from two. And then you consider what actually happened throughout those seasons. How much footy Sean Johnson missed. Matt Moylan. Wade Graham. Um, do you remember he had Josh Morris and he let him go to the Roosters because he had Bronson Zerry? Then he lost Bronson Zerry. He lost, he lost two guys that, you know, Josh Morris is an Australian centre. I think Bronson Zerry would have been an Australian centre over the next few years. Like, he lost premier players. You had, you know, Josh Dugan who, like, he, he wasn't himself for a very long time there. There was
0: so many guys that had injuries. He had a salary cap. He had salary cap, uh, I think it was like 700K or something, or whatever the number was, due to the Flanagan situation. So he actually had less of a salary cap to work with because of this Flanagan situation.
1: Yeah. Uh, Andrew Fafita, with all due respect to him, like, uh, uh, obviously not the same player that he used to be as well. Like, he was the best front row in Rugby League five years ago. He's probably a bench front row there. He's going to do his job, but it's a lot of oomph that you've lost there as well. I mean, I just think that John Morris had so many things go against him. Still managed mm. to make finals two years in a row. Now, granted, last year was a shortened season. Um, they got they had a record of 10-10. and 10. I understand that. But at the time, they were the worst team to ever make finals. But, I mean, he got them there, all things considered. I just, I thought it was very tough on him to get dumped, I think that it's... I'm not sure if I've ever seen something so poorly handled that's turned out so good, to be honest with you. It's crazy to think about
0: it in hindsight. Yeah, I I think that... I think the signings that they got and getting Fitzgibbon across there really uh, it's like a strong band-aid. And I think that we, we can't... very easy to forget that the same people that are overseeing Fitzgibbon, John Morris like this, um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying if you're a Sharks fan that you should be going, oh, okay, you know what? Actually, that's fucked and our season was shit. Not at all. I, I, I'm i of the mind. We're actually, we could be seeing, Now you know what? I'll just say, I'm of the mind. I've got that much faith in Fitzgibbon that we could be seeing the next club to push into that top six, top five, like the Parramatta Eels did a few years ago. I, I truly, that's how much I, I rate Fitzgibbon. That's how much I think he's going to bring. So, I'm really bullish on the Sharks being that next side, uh, but things great now because they've signed Heinz, they've signed Panukin, they've signed, um, you know, Kim McInnes. Yeah. The, the concern is, is, if, if, if they struggle, will the board treat, you know, the new guy like this? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not, but it is just something to mention, you know, it's something just to, to, to not forget, you know,
1: yeah, and look, oh, I had Craig Fitzgibbon on my podcast started last year. Champion fella, awesome bloke. Um, the one thing I will say about Craig Fitzgibbon that I think people are maybe overlooking a little bit, and you know, this is sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit, Craig Fitzgibbon has been in that rooster system for 20 years. He arrived there in, I think it was 2000. He's never left there. It's always been a, an extremely well-run system. He's been under Trent Robinson, the best coach in the game. I think it's sort of a bit like what we were talking about with... Um, With the bunnies coach, like you're under Wayne, and you learn so many things. But there's probably already also so many things that you probably aren't able to grasp as well because they're just so used to going about their business. So I think it'll be interesting if the Sharks do struggle a little bit more than what we're anticipating, which I don't think they will. But if they do, I mean, this board has shown that apparently having a winning record isn't enough at their club. So it could be, it could be really interesting times. And it seems to me when when you hear. Dale talk, when you hear Nico talks, it sounds like Craig Fitzgibbon was the guy that got them over the line. So it's a really interesting situation. And I think Craig is going to be put in a lot of spots this year that he's got no experience in, which is completely fair enough. He's a first year coach, but I think they do need to be patient with this side. They're like, he's also coming from this Roosters team. He now doesn't have a halfback. Realistically, he's going to have to sort of make shift his way through that. He's got Nico Hines coming in. who's a star, but he hasn't played with any of these blokes before. Um, so there's going to be a lot of tests down there in Cronulla. I, I think that they are good enough to be a top six team. I, I've got them sort of penciled in at, at six, seven, eight for next year. I'm confident they make finals. I don't think they can win a comp, but man, if they get a few crucial injuries in the halves or if Nico Hines goes down, it could be really interesting times over over there at Cronulla.
0: Absolutely. I've got uh, Next year, I've got incredible year. They finish sixth. Bridge um, year, they finish eighth. And then ninth. So I've got them between six and ninth next year. But then the following two to three years with yeah. a guy like Fanoukin building the culture, um, if if they can really and, and that's where I'm I'm really bullish on the sharks because I feel Fitzgibbon has identified Panukin as that guy. And um everyone knows that like Craig Bellamy, the, the GOAT coach essentially, or at least one of them, has Vanuukan as basically his main guy, like he he rates him that highly. Um, but you're right; it's going to be really interesting, and, and, and it it brings up a really good point that um, I think I think we may have discussed it before. Uh, if not, it brings up a really good point that Adam O'Brien, the Knights coach, into the Knights, it's, it's Adam O'Brien, isn't it? Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. AOB. Yeah. So the Knights, yeah, Adam O'Brien. He, he was with the Storm. He was with the Roosters, and. When he went to the Knights and things weren't clicking, you could see like his frustration in the press conferences. And he even actually came out a, like a couple months later and said he was probably too harsh on his players in the press conference. And I think that it's a really good example, what exactly what you were saying, is that you can't expect to go to the Knights and think it's going to be at the same standard as the roosters you've got to allow time for those standards to be built and I think if there's one thing that you would be telling Craig Fitzgibbon going to this and to be really clear who the fuck am I to tell Craig Fitzgibbon anything it's to be aware that all the little things that you're so used to like when you rock up there's all the young boys, they're all already doing extras. And the older boys have, you know, they're doing passes with the rookies coming through and oh, they stayed back and, and you didn't even have to say anything. And and all, all the supplements are there ready to go and all the staff are, are working at this crazy. I think that uh, Fitzgibbon needs to be aware that maybe it's gonna take a year or two to get to that point or even maybe three years where the culture is so good that everyday standards are the same as Roosters. Because let's be really clear here, All of the bottom teams, their standards, their everyday standards when it comes to training, when it comes to video sessions, aren't at the same level as your Roosters, as your Storms. Um, And I think that Adam O'Brien maybe fell into that trap a little bit, expecting the boys maybe to be similar to what he was like at the Roosters and the Storm. And I agree with you. I think that just like the Knights need to be patient with Adam O'Brien, I think Craig needs to be patient uh, with the Sharks. What are your thoughts on the comparison to the Knights?
1: Yeah, I think it's really fair. And, you know, all, all I could just think about them was Craig Fitzgibbon over the last four years, you know, sitting in video sessions, talking to his halves, and he's talking to Cooper Cronk, Luke Keary. I mean, these are premier guys to ever play our game. Now he's walking to Crano, and this is with all due respect to those guys, but you've got Braden Schindle, who's a young guy. You've got Matty Moylan, who hasn't played his best footy in four or five years. You've got Nico Hines, who. You know, personally, I think he's a better fullback than he is five eight. I think he'll do a good job at 5'8", no doubt about it. But he's also young and inexperienced. Also, looking at this side, and I think Cam McInnes will play 13. I think Cam McInnes is one of the best defenders in rugby league, so I would have him there without a doubt. But the attacking side of things, you know and I mean, he's not a Victor Radley. And that's the other thing that the Roosters have had for years is Radley. He's essentially a halfback in Jersey 13. So it's going to be a huge transition. And I hadn't even thought about the Adam O'Brien comparison, but... I think it's spot on, mate. You go from these top clubs where everything is set out, as you said, even the day-to-day at training, but then you get out on the field and you get to those big moments and you don't have those experienced heads that are signing with the Roosters or with the Melbourne Storm probably for less money, which also allows you to put more guys around them. Like It's going to be a tough gig. And if they have one or two injuries, which NRL, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have injuries in key spots. It's going to be a very, very interesting time for Cronulla. I've got them penciled in 6th, 7th, as you said as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be as rainbows and smiles as, uh, as, as a lot of people are telling me.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's going to take time. But I, what, I, what I like about the signings that Fitzgibbons has made is that I think, again, I've got no idea, but I think he's identified that. I yeah. think that he's gone and said, I need to make three signings that are all about culture, that are all about the little details, that are all about hard work. And I think in McInnes, Finucane, and Hines, are exactly that. Um, and so look, oh, yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of Fitzgibbon. He's actually the defensive coach. I'm pretty sure for New South Wales. Is yep. that correct, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. He was up until obviously this year, up until this year. So, I mean, this guy's resume, you, you can't get any better. You, you honestly, outside of him going to the super league and winning a comp, you, you really can't get a better resume than a Craig Fitzgibbon. So I, I have big, big faith um, in it. Uh, yeah. But to be really clear, let's not forget that Josh, Morris, the handling of that, I thought was really, really poor and unfair on Morris. I feel that I understand the Sharks wanting to get rid of him early because if he then if he then went on and took that team to like a top six finish, it would have made them look silly. Yeah. But I think they probably needed to, in my opinion, I feel like the board probably should have swallowed their pride and, and just said, you know what? If he does, let's back our decision and, and have confidence in our decision to bring Fitzgibbon across anyway. You know, even if Josh... Morris, um, sorry, John Morris does take us to top six in some crazy, uh, season. Let's back our decision and say, we are confident that Fitzgibbon is the man for the job. And I feel that I, I understand why the board did it. You know, they're trying to protect yeah. the, the, the sharks brand. They're trying to protect their decision. I totally get that. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying it would have been an easy, easy decision for anyone or that they even wanted to do it. Um, but if that was me in that position, I would have backed my own decision of, we believe Fitzgibbon is a better first grade coach than John Morris, even though we love John Morris as a bloke. That's my decision, and I tell you what, if Fitzgibbon comes in and we go worse, I'll fall on my sword and I'll see you later. That's that's in my that's the way I probably would have handled it. Very easy to say, very easy to say when it's <laughs> it's you're not your job on yeah. the line. So maybe I wouldn't have done that. So, um, interesting times for the Sharks. At least I've got a bit of hope. That's that's the one thing I think the Sharks. Since they won that grand final and they lost all of those club legends, essentially, it's been very directionless and rudderless. We haven't really seen, like, where, who are the Sharks? Where are they going? I feel like we have a very clear direction of where the Sharks are going now. What do you think, Gerard?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we just spoke about that um, that night where Pabby scored four tries and we said, you know, you can lose a game of football in five minutes. You just know that with Dale, Cam, the Sharks aren't going to be one of those teams. They are going to hang in the grind. Mm. They might not score as many points as some of these top-tier teams without an established seven, but he has recruited recruited the right culture guys. Just know they're going to be okay. Defense, it still wins premierships. I think they're going to be one of the better defensive sides in this competition. So, yeah, I, eh, mate, I, I, I just can't believe how well this has turned out for Cronulla based on how – like, I'm pretty sure – John Morris got sacked after the week after Sam Walker put on that masterclass. And I remember thinking mm. then, god, for them to play the Roosters and get beat by 4 points when they were up by, you know, 10 with 10 minutes to go, for a coach to get sacked last like, like that week. They must have just been waiting for the opportunity for him to lose a game of football so they could get rid of him, especially after making finals the last 2 years. The optics were terrible, they were awful. From what I gathered, a lot of the Sharks fans, uh, Sharks players were John Morris fans, but, I mean, I don't think you could possibly not be a Craig Fitzgibbon fan as well. So, man, I'm looking forward to having this conversation in a year, to be honest with you.
0: Absolutely. And, and just quickly, someone left a comment, which is really uh, a really good comment and a really good question, because we were saying we're extremely worried about the Knights because they don't have halves. Yep. You know, obviously, Clifford is developing into one. But they <laughs> left a comment, and I'm assuming they're a Knights fan, they, they were saying, how can we say that we're worried about the Knights they don't have a half. And yet we're saying the Sharks where really we think they could go really well when they don't have a half. What are your thoughts? And then I'll give my thoughts, Guru.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was a fair shout. Um, I mean Jay Clifford played some great footy last year. I'm you know, I'm not totally convinced if he's gonna do that for twenty six weeks straight. It's a it's a much tougher gig. I just think that this Sharks team, the guys they've recruited, the guys that are in this team, I just think defensively they're gonna be so much better. And, you know, the Newcastle Knights, with all due respect to them, even when, when Mitchell Pierce was playing, they weren't a sensational defensive side realistically Um, they were much better in attack, no doubt about it and they were good enough in in attack to be able to beat most sides outside of the top six when Pearcey was there but uh, I understand where he's coming from but I I just think when you look at this side from one end to the other, the Cronulla Sharks and you look at what they've done over the last few years, the guy that's walking in as coach I I can just see them being more successful than the Newcastle Knights, I just think the halfback is going to be such a big miss for Newcastle and Mate, hopefully this bloke messages me in a year's time and goes, you're an absolute muppet Jake Clifford carved because that's what I want to see happen. I want Jake Clifford to kill absolutely. it. I want KP to stay in Newcastle. I want them to be a powerhouse in rugby league. But I'm just calling it as I see it at the moment and I don't see it playing out that way.
0: And I agree. It's absolutely a fair shot, and that's why I remembered it because I'm like, it's a, it's a good point. Mm. But when you look at the specifics of it, I would say, is Clifford that much better than then Trindle would say probably not. I actually really rate Trindle. I think that Trindle has a lot to offer. Now don't get me wrong. Clifford is further along in his development, but he's, I I don't feel that if you put Clifford, if you are Clifford versus Trindle, a 50, 50 bet who wins that, that battle in, in my opinion, again, I know Clifford's further along. Um, and I hope Clifford kills it. He's shown some really good things. Whereas when you look at the number six for nights, that, guess who the number six is for the sharks most likely. Nico yeah, Hines. Nico Hines. And that's the difference. You've, yeah. got, you've got Trindle, who essentially is as good as Clifford. You've got Matty Moylan, who definitely can, if he plays his best footy, is as good as Clifford. And then you've got Nico Hines, who is honestly, any other year you could argue was a top three player in the whole in the whole comp. There was a period there where his stats were out of this world. He just got swallowed up by the Tom um machine. Uh, and so I think that that is truly the difference. Now you could make the argument, all right, well, will Kennedy versus Kalen Ponga. Um, but I, I just feel that, yes, obviously Kalen Ponga at the moment is a better player, but Kennedy is still playing some really good footy and he actually got the player of the year for the Sharks. Um, so the, the, the biggest issue for the Knights is their six, is this, we, we don't even know who it is. Like, Is it Phoenix Cross? We have no idea. Yeah,
1: and it'll be an unpopular opinion, and that's fine. You base it solely off 2021 form. Mate, I I think there's an argument that Will Kennedy potentially played better than KP last year. I thought Will Kennedy was unreal for Cronulla to think that they just signed Nico Hines and there isn't even a conversation about him playing fullback. I I think Will Kennedy is incredibly underrated
0: in rugby league. I mean, you know what? It's it's a fair shout of, of, of what you just said where... To think Nico Hines isn't even considered a fullback, that's a really good point. I would say, I do th- believe Kalen Plonger, P- Plonger <laughs> Kalen Ponger, uh, performed better. What hurt him this year was injuries. Yep. Um, hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. To your point. Will Kennedy pretty much played every game. So it's not just about the one-off performances; it's about who delivered over the whole season more. I would still say Caitlin Ponga, but I see your point. It is—it's a—it's—it's it's going to be probably unpopular opinion, but it's a fair share. It's a fair share.
1: And if you disagree with that unpopular opinion, that's fine. But I think you have got to admit that the gap between Ponga and Kennedy over the last year—I think it's a lot closer than what people, you know, what, what what you initially think. If you just watch the way that Will Kennedy played and. You know you also mentioned um, you know Jake Clifford and, Bl- and Brayden Trindle is there really much difference between them I don't think there is but if you said to me name your top top 12 halfbacks in rugby league I don't think either of them get a start and then hmm. if I look and then I have to look at the rest of the side and that's where I sort of start to lift the Cronulla Sharks up a little bit I think they're both good young players I think they're both handy I think we keep coming back to it they're young it takes young halves a long time to develop there will be your exceptions, Joey, Freddie, Cleary, these sort of guys. But the reality is that it takes time for these guys to develop. They've jumped around um, a couple of systems and whatnot. So I I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, these guys are, you know, proper first grade halfbacks that you know are going to be there week in, week out. But at the moment, um, they're young and they've still got a heap of development to come
0: over the next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we're talking about 2021 form. We're not talking about Kalen Ponga career versus Kennedy career. We're talking yeah. about, um, I would still have Kalen Ponga ahead though. Like I when he did play, fuck, man. He helped the Knights to so many victories. Like he was crucial in so many victories. But when you first said it, I was like, Guru, you're off your head. But when you sit down and really think about how impactful Kennedy was to that shark side, even though they didn't make the eight, it's not as crazy, you know, it really isn't as crazy as you think. So it's a fair shout, that. I'll have to, Mm. I want to think about that because it's a fair shout because Kennedy, I will say, Kennedy was probably the most underrated fullback of 2021. That's a fair shout.
1: If you said to me, you have to pick one of them to be your fullback, I'm going to go with Caelan Ponga, yeah? I'm not arguing that. But 2021, I think there is a fair shout that Will Kennedy probably outplayed him. Has he got the same skill set? Has he got the same highlights? No way. But he did his job for Cronulla week in, week out. And I come back to once again, Nico Hines, who I would argue is probably a top seven fullback in rugby league right now, isn't even being considered for the fullback jersey at Cronulla.
0: Interesting. It's a very interesting point. I like it. I think it's going to spark a lot of chitter chatter in the comments section, but I like it. I think it's fucking, you've put your balls on the line, Guru. You've put them on the table. They might get chopped off, but that's okay. We move forward. uh, We keep going. Won't take out much of your table. Don't (laughs) worry. (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay. this, I lo- this one was one of my favorites. This was honestly, this could be to- this could be number one for me because this is how much. Number five, Wayne Bennett versus Ivan Cleary feud erupts. Now, during the feud, it was a clear win by Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett, the master, the guru, the, the, the big balls Bennett has done it again. He's manipulated the media. He's got his coach that's all rolled up against. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you walked away with the chockies. What did you think about this blow up?
1: mate when you when when you look at this little feud j- just in a bubble on its own with no hindsight, as you said, it's a knockout victory to Wayne. I, I couldn't believe the way that Ivan reacted. I was just looking oh. at him going, fuck he, he he is paying rent in your head right now. you have you've rent into this trap. It's unbelievable and it was. Very un-Ivan from what I thought, from what I knew of Ivan, I couldn't believe it, and you know all I could picture was the drive home and Nate sort of going, "Oh, you kind of shit the bed there, like you know what? What on earth was that?" But you chuck hindsight into it, you take it out of the vacuum. And of Wayne, I think he's probably the best coach we've ever seen, but he got out coached that night for me. Um, it was a game that was, you know, and no shock, it was refereed a little bit differently. probably your regular season games was a little bit tighter which happens in every finals game of every sport in the universe and i think ivan reacted the quickest to it uh we're now seeing real changes that are gonna probably come in off the back of that grand final but credit to ivan he addressed what was going on he saw what was in front of him he adapted to it um and yeah as you said who came home with the, with the Chalkies at the end. Ivan had the trophy at the end of the year, so well done doing, mate, to pull himself off that canvas, because I'm sure there would have been a moment where Ivan would have got home that night, looked at the ceiling just gone, fuck, what just happened? How, how on earth did I just let myself get that rattled? And mate, six weeks later, holding a trophy to go on the finals run, they did, we'll talk about it later, but I, I thought it was incredible by Ivan. I, I still don't think he's getting the compliments from 2021 that he should. I thought it was an incredible season from him, what he achieved.
0: It's really interesting because it makes me think, and I'm probably way too conspiratorial about this, but was it intentional? Because it was so out of character for Ivan. You know, it's just to to come out and be so public about it. and, And also... To almost start it, you know, to 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 be going to the media and saying, well, this got you know Wayne went to the refs and asked them to stop doing this, like it was so out of character and out of nowhere, it was almost like a play that Wayne would make yeah. to put pressure on the referees. Like this is this is a Wayne move to to pressure the referees to protect their players, um, protect the Penrith Panthers' booze or the Rabbitohs rep- players. Um, and so, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, it clearly had the the desired result for Ivan. It clearly galvanized his team. It clearly made the refs very, very vigilant on specific things that, um, that both coaches wanted because it was a very tightly refed game. Um, but I, I agree with you as well. I think that in the game, I think that Wayne Bennett wanted to, he has certain principles that he kind of abides. Like Wayne Bennett's teams have never been, Um, you know, stretching the rules and like a lot of wrestle and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I think Ivan, he, he saw, he saw the holes in the new rules. He saw ways in which that they could be manipulated. Very, very um, Bellamy-esque, I would say. Very Bellamy. Like Bellamy for years has been so good at just take, just, just, he's the edge. I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing it. Uh, Robinson does it to an extent. And this is, again, this is, Please don't conflate this with um, deep tactics or anything like this. This is winners winning at all costs. And I yep. think that Ivan was aware that if he laid on the – if they laid in the ruck a little bit longer, we're willing to give away a few six-agains just to get to – just to feel how long can we lie on them? How long before – let's play a bit of game of chicken with the refs in a grand final. Will you blow, blow the whistle and give a six again – uh, or will you allow it to go? Um, I agree with you. I think in the grand final, you could probably say Ivan Cleary at coached Wayne. But when you talk about the the verbal sparring match, it was a, a 10, eight round KO. Oh my God. I think he died in the ring kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, but Ivan Cleary on the night, he does not get enough raps for how he has turned that club around. He does not get enough raps for the fact that spoken about it with Nathan Cleary, but two years ago they didn't have a single player that was best in position. That is a fact. That is a fact. They have multiple people that you could argue are best in position and guess who the coach has been over the last two years and guess who was the undercurrent reason for last year. Apparently it was Trent Barrett. Apparently Trent Barrett had come in and he was the reason why they were going so well. Trent Barrett leaves. They take another step, they go even better. Again, not to say that Trent Barrett didn't help, not to say that he wasn't good. Ivan Cleary is not getting the raps that he deserves.
1: And, mate, I think there's a fair argument. You know, all anyone told you was that Trent Barrett was so good for their attack. And, mate, we got to the back end of the season, and, you know, with all due respect to Penrith, their attack was pretty bang average. But their defense was unbelievable. So, you know, I I had people say to me, oh, the Panthers have a squad built for the modern rules. They wouldn't have won a comp 10 years ago. I'm going... Bullshit. Did you see the way they adapted? Oh, they adapted in game. I mean, you, you you said before that Penrith's mindset was, oh, we'll see if you give a penalty. Mate, I think their mindset was, you give a penalty, but then we're going to bash the mm. opposition on the next two tackles, and it's not going to fucking matter anyway. Oh, I just think yeah. they, they, they went in there with the objective to give away six agains. They knew that they could gear up their defense. They got out there, and the eye test said, hey, it's not a 10-meter, it's an 8-meter. We lay mm. all day in our own half. We belt them. And then they're only going to make 30, 40 metres on every single set. And I I don't think South Sydney did enough of that. And, you know, I had South Sydney fans saying, oh, Penrith got away with murder. It's like, same ref, same field, same game. Better coaching Mm. in that moment.
0: It's all about adapting. It's all about, if the ref is, you know, allowing Penrith to lay on, well then, okay, you lay on and and find ways, kick early. Um, You know, I, I think there was... Plenty of opportunities for Rabbitohs to win that game. It wasn't. It wasn't so poorly ref that they were just refed out of the game at all, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, again, we have to look at it. How did they lose the game? It was from an intercept, you know. Um, to be and, and to give credit to Rabbitohs, they also defended incredibly, incredibly. I mean, it was. This was not a blowout. This no. This was not a blowout at all. This was a tit for tat. Who's going to break first? And the only real break in quotation marks was a cutout ball caught by one of the most genetically gifted tall athletes we have in the NRL. Anyone else on that wing, other than maybe Daniel Tupu, it goes over his head and they probably score. Uh, So, and that was the difference. That was truly the difference.
1: Yeah, mate, I've said a few times in the last few minutes that I think Ivan outcoached Wayne unbelievably. They won by four points. I mean, there wasn't much in it. It was tight as it could have possibly been. It came down to an intercept. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I, I was talking to Nathan Clear a few weeks ago and he said that, you know, Stephen Crichton, he practices that sort of stuff and, you know, that, that's all good and well, but there's, you know, when you go for an intercept, you are going all chips in. I mean, if, the, if he doesn't take that ball, he's a second later. Like Cody Walker's a Clive Churchill medalist. He's the unluckiest guy to never win a, a Dalier medal this year. It, the narrative is complete. And all of a sudden, Ivan's a moron. It changes everything. It all comes down to that split-second moment, and that's where you want guys. You know, you, you called him a um, genetic freak, and he is just something else, Stephen Crichton. He is unbelievable, and you want those guys in your teams that, you know, You, you know, South Sydney, they've got one of those guys, but he wasn't on the field, Latrell Mitchell, and that's that, yeah. that can be the difference in these big games.
0: So, I mean, you, you look at Trell. Is he, how many games has Trell saved and won and changed and a huge play I mean, Greg Inglis was the king of it. The king of it. New South Wales were winning. They had us us done. And then Greg Inglis would just make a play that only Greg Inglis could make. And it's the same with Crichton. Again, I'm not saying he's Greg Inglis, but Crichton made a play that only Steve Crichton could make. And you know what? He made at least two to three similar plays in the final series. Put it this way. Steve Crichton is the most underappreciated player of the whole final series. He was the MVP without him him, Parramatta Eels win that game, he, he had an intercept, he had try-saving tackles um, so yeah, Crichton made at least three plays in the final series that won the Penrith Panthers the game uh, and, and he did in the grand final.
1: Mate, he, he had a tackle in the prelim against Melbourne on Justin Olam that was unbelievable, he also came up with the first try there, it was a set play for Penrith um, that, that Nathan yep. Cleary knew all season, he was waiting for the moment to use it and he took that moment and, you know, I said in my podcast, like, is there a better bloke in the universe to kick to outside of Stephen Crichton? And he sort of said, mate, as long as the ball hit my foot, he was going to catch it. It didn't matter where it was going in that vicinity. He's just that sort of a guy. And yeah, mate, the, 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 there is a game in, ev- there is a moment in every single one of their, their wins in the finals where I think they lose it. If Stephen Crichton isn't on the field.
0: Totally agree. I totally agree. And, it, and it's that, just that X factor, you know, you, could do nothing all game, but you'd pay him half a million a year just for those moments, you know? Yep. just for those moments. So yeah, huge, huge. Um yeah, it's that, that's why I love doing these top tens because like the Wayne Bennett Ivan Cleary thing, we speak about it in in time when it happens, and it was, oh my god, what is doing Ivan Cleary? Just, just don't say anything, it's getting worse. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, when the only thing that matters, it doesn't matter how cool you look, because we don't care about that here on Bloken a Bar, how cool you are. <laughs> we care about winning footy matches. <laughs> and what do you know? Ivan Cleary won the footy match. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Leah Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect.